everyone, it's Sam Vokes at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, which has quite an international theme this week. Uh, the reason being... Uh, well, there's two reasons, actually. Uh, firstly, uh, Bob, state your, your location. Uh, my location uh, is uh, Tempe, Arizona at the moment, uh, which is, is quite near Phoenix. <laughs> How, how's things there? Uh, things are nice and warm, to be honest. Uh, it, it's going to be 28 degrees this afternoon. Uh, I'm currently looking out on some, some very red, deserty-like mountains. Oh, very similar to the view here. <laughs> I can imagine so, yes. Uh, the the Massillon Towers that's behind you in the studio is very much like the red, deserty mountains that I'm currently looking out on. It's also very dark here, so it's difficult to see anyway, to be honest. Oh, yes, whereas here it's, um, uh, it's morning at the moment. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yes, well, what time is it now? It's just, just after 12, actually, so I'm lying. <laughs> well, very good morning from America. Uh, also... Uh... Uh, this uh, uh, this week, uh, you've been able to to keep an eye uh, on uh, the, uh, the the recent results from afar. I have indeed, yes. Uh, I haven't been able to watch them, but I have been listening to the commentary. Um, so we will be reflecting on uh, the uh, 1-0 defeats to Portsmouth and to Hartlepool. Uh, we did reflect on maybe, actually, we, we won't talk very much about the football this week. We'll just, we'll just talk about other stuff. Um, I think you were going to do some gardening uh, content, weren't you? <laughs> yes, although that's a bit of a joke because I can't actually think of any, but I know what you mean. <laughs> um, listen out for Chris's show, uh, who has a gardening expert called Colin as well, uh, on a Friday, one not to miss. Uh, continuing our international theme as well, we'll be catching up with uh, former defender uh, Stuart Cash, who's just been, uh, who's just come back from Poland to see his son, Matty Cash, uh, a former Wickham Wanderers uh, academy player as well, now of course at Villa, uh, representing Poland in his international debut. Very, very exciting. Um, and I'm sure he's very excited about having Stephen Gerrard as a manager, who's definitely not using Aston Villa as a stepping stone to Liverpool. <laughs> and also, uh, this hour, uh, we'll be catching up with uh, head of media at the club, Matt Cecil, who'll be telling us about the demise of the Wickham Wanderers programme. Uh, this Saturday against Bolton will be the last chance for you to get a match day programme in print on paper. Uh, and also, we'll be catching up with manager Gareth Ainsworth as well, who's been at the Christmas light switch on and performing as well. Will there be a ceremony or anything for the program? Will there, you know, will, will, the, will the players gather around the centre circle or something and all hold the program before the kickoff? I don't know, to be honest. I haven't. <laughs> find out in our chat with Matt. I can't say that because we, we, we didn't cover that. But maybe. Oh, okay. I, you know, I, th- I think it needs to be marked in some way, sort of like officially. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps officials at the club will be listening to this and think, "Oh, yeah, we should should really do that." What a great idea of Bob's. No, 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 that probably wasn't a very good idea. <laughs> no, you have had some good ideas, but I don't think that perhaps that might not be one of them. <clears throat> yeah, OK. Uh, I'll, I'll put that with the battery-operated trousers and the dog leads. <laughs> if you're new to this show, that, that reference won't mean much to you. <laughs> but, but believe me, it's very funny. Uh, also, then, Indeed, let's, yes. let's begin with uh, Pompey, who, uh, who on Saturday were their visitors to Adams Park. Of course, we've had a bit of a run of home games, uh, not necessarily in League One either. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, it, it hasn't, hasn't been going that well, really, has it? And when you actually look at it and you see that actually we haven't now won in six games, and that's including, obviously, the Hartlepool game as well. Um, but um, as Gareth would say, uh, very much, you know, it is only two league defeats in a row. Um, and I have seen so much negativity, um, particularly on the Facebook group, um, whilst I've been in America. And you do think, look, we're, we're, we're fourth. There are 20 other teams that, that would rather be where we are. So let's not be too negative. Um, and goodness 
me against Portsmouth, yes, we did have chances to win it. Um, clearly, Joe Jacobson's penalty, which wasn't, if we're being charitable, wasn't the best penalty in in the world. Um, but then, of course, we did have the you know right at the very end, uh, hitting the post uh, and having several opportunities uh, to at least get a point from the game. Which actually, had we got, you know, I think we would have probably thought, well, that's you know, that wasn't a bad point, um, given that Portsmouth weren't bad either. And when you consider as well, uh, we spoke last week, Portsmouth have scored four uh, in, in two games, I think it is, and they've conceded four as well. So, you know, it, at least when he lost one nil, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, very up and down side, as you've said as well, you know, they've beaten Sunderland 4-0, um, so you're never quite sure what you're going to get, really, with Portsmouth, uh, with the Cowley brothers. Um, incidentally, what nice chaps the Cowley brothers seem. Um, you know, you, you, you'd definitely want to be hanging out with them, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, we've got a very very nice manager as well, of course. Well, of course, yes, indeed, yes. Uh, I think I was possibly saying that slightly sarcastically, just because. Oh, well, almost. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. Listening, <laughs> listening to the commentary um, all the way from America, you could almost hear the Cowley brothers actually, without needing to hear the commentary, particularly the amount of complaining that was going on, um, especially um, during the the penalty incident, because of course Portsmouth thought that they should have had a penalty about two minutes before Joe Jacobson um, um, missed hours, um, and so yes, I, I don't think Danny Cowley was particularly keen on the referee or his brother either. <laughs> Uh, let's get the manager Gareth Ainsworth's thoughts after the game speaking to Phil do you know what we've had 21 shots at their goal we never we've never done that to Portsmouth before you know I think it's uh, it shows where we've come you know yeah we we've had the best chances there we've had the better chances than they have we didn't take them you know we didn't take them you know um, we've hit the pulse twice we've missed the penalty um, so it's not all doom and gloom everyone will look at the result and be down but the chances we've created are, are, are numerous and uh, we've just got to stick one in you know and, and, and it's a whole different game you know, it's uh, it's tough, but um, for me, you look at the big picture as always, and to do that to a Portsmouth team, I think shows how far Wickham have come, or are Portsmouth not what they were, and, and that's that's the question you've got to ask. But I think it's the former. I think it shows how far Wickham have come. You know, we're we're better than we've ever been. Um, we keep playing like that. We keep doing that to teams. We're going to score goals. Somebody's going to get a battering. But um, unfortunately today. Portsmouth caught us on some counter-attacks and, uh, and that's how they scored their goal, you know, on a counter-attack, which we're wide open on that and that, that needs work. But um, no, I'm pleased with the boys again and uh, great to see this place full. Um, we're going to get used to that. We're going to get used to these big games because we're a big scout for people now and that's uh, that's a real positive for me. Pompey had a real spell in the game at the mm-hmm. start of the second half. Yeah. Was that frustrating that he came then? Yeah, of course it was. You know, I said to the boys, look, for the first half, I don't think Pompey had much at all. Um, we dominated it um, with the penalty with the post numerous shots and then they all teams are going to have a spell all teams will have a spell I don't care who you are you're going to have a 5 or 10 minutes they didn't actually score in their 5 or 10 minutes they scored just after that in a counter attack but um, at the end there they're hanging on and again it's uh, it's a great great performance not a great result we've got to we've got to stick the ball in the net when we get our chances because we're creating 20 plus chances a game I remember freezing fours in games and zero on target you know in a couple of games and that was worrying back in the day but now now I'm uh, I'm happy and uh, I, you know I wanted something out of today's game but um, we don't fear anyone in this league I think Wickham have maybe used up their late goal allowance <laughs> I don't know um, we'll see but the one or two there I think there's there's a for me there's another penalty in there and the ref doesn't give it because he's already given us one and he didn't give them one I think theirs is a penalty
penalty. I think ours is a penalty. And I think there's another one to us in there. You know, it's uh, it's just tough. You know, I think the referees can almost think they give us one, they, they can't give us two. But you can, you know, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. And uh, and the challenge on Brandon Hanlon on the edge of the box as well. I don't know how that's not a free kick, but. You know, we, uh, we'll go again on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be strong in the FA Cup because I want to win that. I want to get back to winning ways. And then we've got a run of games here and away. Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday coming up. Big, big games. Um, hoping to get Gareth back soon. Daryl Horgan coming back and Sully Kaka, you know. And uh, like I say, but it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with that. We, uh, we created a lot of chances, just didn't stick them in the net today. It's a bit of a winless run now in all comps. Is yeah. that a concern? No, not at all. No, I've been on worse runs than this, believe me. Performance is what I'm about and, uh, and I always will be uh, and I'll come and Wickham fans will be linking that, that run starting when Gareth McCleary got injured uh. yeah yeah of course Gareth gives us an X factor he's, we know he's one of our players who are better than this level you know without a doubt when you get when he gets on the ball things happen and uh, and he's a big loss at the moment but um, we've got to step up because how, how we haven't scored today is uh, is beyond me but um, sometimes that happens and you've got to keep, keep a clean sheet then would have took a nil-nil and thought wow we're unlucky with not chances but you know they've got a, a, a sucker punch really and uh, and you know they've sort of smash and grab on uh, on Wickham today but that for someone like Portsmouth to come and do that here like I say it shows what a club we are now and how much respect we've got we've not had the target at times when we should today and the keeper's made a fantastic save and the woodworks cost us twice and the keeper's saved the penalty there's all sorts going on today that you can't just reflect on the result go back and watch the whole performance it's good enough to win a game that that will turn some lower teams over in this league. But um, today it wasn't good enough, and uh, we have to we have to put that right next game. And the tactical change in the second half it brought about the chances and, and turned the tide in terms of possession. Are you pleased about that? Yeah, I mean we had loads of chances first half, you know, with the formation we had. But the tactical change second half, you know, you put Bale on, and uh, and he's always going to bring something to a game. I thought Dave Wheeler as well made a big impact, but no, we just couldn't get it in the net today, and uh, and that happens sometimes. But it'll go the other way too, don't worry about that. Really interesting to hear about the sort of comparison between uh, performance and result. Yes, definitely. Um, I think probably if you're listening to it as a fan, you're probably thinking, well, you know, we had 20 plus shots. It's maybe a bit concerning that actually we weren't able to score. I think also the term conspicuous by his absence has probably never been uh, more aptly used in terms of Gareth McCleary. I think when we had Gareth that got him last season, we probably didn't realise how good he was just because we were obviously in the championship. Um, and then I think earlier on in this season, when obviously we were winning all the games, you, you don't necessarily realise how good a player is because obviously he's playing as one of 11. But suddenly the fact that we haven't had Gareth McCleary, you suddenly realise all that he brings to the team and just actually what, you know, what a star in that lineup he is and how desperately we have missed him over these past six games because, you know, it, it, the, the, that's the, the statistic now. It is six games, albeit in all competitions, which includes the Pizza Cup uh, without a win. Um, but, you know, that that is a little bit concerning and I think probably all fans, and I'm fairly sure the manager as well is, is desperate to have Gareth McDeary back. And creativity seems to be a word that, that comes uh, up as well, and he's a real outlet for that. 
Yeah, completely. I mean, he just is one of those players that makes things happen um, and just, you know, it possibly sort of like fits all of the pieces of the jigsaw together. And then when we don't have him, it doesn't quite work. And at the moment, that's that's kind of, um, I think, how it, it's looking. Again, I completely appreciate everything that Gareth's saying about um, chances and, you know, the, the fact that actually, yes, he does look for the performance. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, Speaking as a fan, obviously, you know, fans look for the result rather than the performance. Um, but, you know, I completely appreciate that everything Gareth is saying as well. Um, I'm always slightly cautious when managers say things like, oh, you know, well, one of these games soon, we're going to give somebody a hiding. Um, and particularly when you look at the fixture list and you see, well, it's it's Plymouth and, and Sheffield Wednesday to come, albeit after the, the Bolton game on Saturday. Um, you know, let, let's just worry about getting the three points first before talking about actually giving somebody a hiding. No, definitely. And on to uh, Hartlepool on Tuesday, where you really thought, especially seeing the side you put out was a very strong uh, side, and then being from League Two, and, and you thought this could be the, the real tide turning. All of those things, uh, and listening to what he, he said, um, uh, you know, before the, the game, um, clearly, yes, I think on the, the Saturday when we went up to Hartlepool, very much it was a... It, a team that you know that that was picked because of the circumstances and the the games that we we played around it on Tuesday night. You very much thought, yeah, this is a team that has been picked to ensure that we get to the second round of the FA Cup. So slightly concerning, obviously, that we we weren't able to to get the win. Yet again, obviously, we hit the post late on. Um, but you would feel really that we should be beating a side like like Hartlepool again, particularly given all of the things that Gareth was saying uh, about how you know we we are one of the the bigger teams now and, and we're a scalp. And you can look at it the other way and say, well, yes, you know, Hartlepool came and probably tried. Or even harder because they were thinking, well, wow, yeah, you know, we're playing a team that's fourth in League One. But really, when all is said and done, we should be beating the likes of Hartlepool in the FA Cup. Let's get the thoughts of the manager speaking to Phil once again after the game. Uh, you might find some similarities in this and the previous interview as well. The way we've played, people are going to start having a go at me for these interviews, but we've created so many chances, we're just not sticking it in the goal. Um, you know, one thing we've done better tonight is we're at the post three times instead of two. Um, so there's a positive, but um, we've got to we've got to make sure we don't hit the post. We've got to put it in the goal. You know, we've had chances, and really there was little threat, two two shots. You know, from them really that really we're worrying, and one of them went in. That's the game. Sometimes I've just said to the boys, look, if there's little things you can improve on, there, there is one or two little bits. Um, um, Never gonna ever ever uh, say any names, but there's one or two things we can improve on without a shadow of a doubt, and everyone can. Every team in the world can. Man City can. But it's gonna come without a shadow of a doubt. It's gonna come. And I've said the only thing we can do now is focus on Bolton on Saturday. At some stage, someone's gonna take a beating off us. These chances are gonna go in. These opportunities that are coming, they will get scored. Gutted for the boys. Absolutely gutted for the boys. They're an unbelievable bunch. I have total belief in them. And I think this run has been compounded by Cups. Papa John's, two FA Cups. You take that out of it, there's only two defeats on the spin in the league. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on. Ipswich, Portsmouth. This club, historically, has been beaten by both those clubs many times. And we're gutted about being beat by them now. So, all positives. And I'm looking forward to getting on Saturday. I'm looking forward to getting them in Thursday. Um, there's going to be no toys out the pram. There's going to be no throwing teacups and getting them in tomorrow. And that's not my style they'll come in Thursday they'll work really hard on 
Bolton Wanderers um, home game sure it's going to be a great atmosphere and again can't wait to get stuck into them because we keep playing like we do we're going to win games so I'm absolutely fine we went to four at the back. Um, was it the system you played at Fleetwood? I think by the look of it, and with, with quite a lot of attacking options on, mm-hmm. we disappointed at half time that perhaps the keeper hadn't been able to do that much work in the first half for yeah. Hartlepool. Disappointed at full time that really the keeper's not been worked as much as I'd like him to. You know, um, at Fleetwood, you know, we could have scored eight. We only scored three. We need to take advantage of these chances and these opportunities and this forward play that we do. But tonight it wasn't going to be our night. You know, again. Uh, the goal was very elusive and we've got to take the defeat on the chin, you know, and, and OK, we've been beat. We've got to get in the league. That's what we've got to do. We're fourth in League One after uh, whatever games we've played, you know, and I'm really proud of where we are. I'm really proud, really proud of the efforts. So the boys are gutted. It's not like they go home all smiley and happy. They're absolutely devastated um, and I feel for them. But they've got to drop this quick. They've got to come in Thursday, ready to go again. And like I say, somebody is going to take a beating. Um, I'm hoping it's soon because we, uh, we're creating so many chances. We're, we're playing well. I mean, we're playing a lot more than we, uh, we ever have and because uh, I've got the players to be able to do that now. But unfortunately, this goal is, uh, is, is nil at the moment and, and we've, got to, we've got to try and score and, uh, and hit the target there. What did you say at half-time? Because the system remained the same, but those chances came after the half-time break, yeah. didn't they? We just needed to overload down the wings a couple of bits and, you know, Darrell running wide, Brandon getting wide, Anis when he came on getting wide and picking the ball up in great areas, you know, with the full-backs because obviously they're playing five at the back and, and shutting us out. And um, I thought we did that second half really well. I thought Curtis Thompson switched the ball and Josh really well. Um, and it was just the final bit, the final ball, the final shot the final header just wasn't going to go in today um, it will do soon believe me and, uh, and when it does I'll be a happy man and I'm sure the fans will be very happy as well but listen we've been in a lot worse situations than this it's hard to take for me at the moment because I know how well the boys are playing but we need to start scoring goals and uh, and that's going to be uh, probably the focus of, uh, of a few days training but um, it's on the day it's on the match days that count and uh, I've got plenty of great players I believe totally in them and uh, ready to go again on Saturday and to compound the results tonight Josh Scoen looked like he went off with a hamstring injury just before you were about to make a substitute did that have any bearing on that decision? Uh, no Josh is uh, Josh is pulled up feeling tight uh, it's nothing more than that so I'm hoping that he'll be back for Saturday because he's been one of the performers of the season so far and uh, good to see him back home but if he isn't there's plenty of players champing at the bit waiting to take that place and have a go I'll show you what I can do and, uh, and I love that that's what we are like I said, can't wait for Saturday now, Phil, but um, lads need to get the legs back first. But it looked like Mametti was going to be that first substitution. It ended up being David Wheeler. Was that because of the injury to Josh Go? And has that a bit of luck gone against you there, do you think? <laughs> um, you know, things happen. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, was Mametti coming on, but um, we had to just reshuffle when Josh got injured. Um, these things happen. I thought Anis was bright when he came on again. And... Uh, like I say, we've got some good players in this squad. It's just getting them firing, getting them hitting the target, getting them scoring goals because um, I believe we'll be a, a big force in League One this year. And the old adage is concentrate on the league now and back to Ireland's part of Saturday, bottom Wanderers. That's, that's going to be set up for a really big game now because you're going to get, you want to get that win now back, aren't you, and get the form cooking? Yeah, without a doubt. They're a good side, by the way. They're a very good side. They're, they're, uh, they're very expansive and, uh, and Ian Everett's got them playing in a good way. So uh, we need to make sure we're on it properly on it because uh, you know we uh, we don't want to keep losing games but you know what whatever it takes however many it takes we'll get back I'm, I believe that we're going to be at the top end of League One at the end of the season and uh, 
Don't judge these boys on tonight. Judge them over 46 games in the league, and I think you'll be happy at the end of that. So he sounds fairly positive. Yeah, definitely. And you <laughs> listen to that, and you do think, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, and also, you know, let, let's be completely honest as well. I don't really think probably that, that Gareth uh, particularly minds the fact that we're not in the FA Cup anymore. Uh, you know, it will be then another weekend off, obviously coming up, um, you know, considering how many games that they've had, uh, the fact that we haven't used the international breaks. Um, so I, I think really, um, whilst yes, as a fan, um, particularly if you were one of the one and a half thousand who went along on Tuesday night, and I understand that it was rather chilly, uh, not that I was experiencing that. Um, but, you know, I think you probably were quite disappointed. But at the same time, uh, obviously this season, very much the focus is on the league. Um, and if we end up getting automatic promotion or finishing in the playoffs, then, you know, I, I think we can take a 1-0 loss to Hartlepool. No, it does sound uh, very good indeed. I must say a massive congratulations as well to Wickham Wanderers women who've got their first league win of the season. Hooray! <laughs> from Arizona, a big hooray there. Uh, 3-0 victory uh, they got last Sunday at Upper Oxford City. Uh, Sammy Nazif uh, got a goal. Uh, Shante Innes, who's uh, scored a few. And uh, Felicity West as well. Uh, this coming Sunday sees another trip west to newly promoted Abingdon Town. Fantastic. Fantastic that they finally got their first win. And yeah, definitely onwards and upwards, as Gareth would say. Absolutely. Proud of the girls. Uh, more to come on the Wicked Wonder Show. We must say a very, very big thank you to you for joining us. Uh, where will you be joining us from next week? Um, so for uh, next week, I will be in New York City. I will say that I, I have worn my a uh, couple of my Chairboys T-shirts um, around America, and I'm quite disappointed that nobody has commented or, or, or even inquired about them yet. You obviously need to cause more of a scene with them on. I think I do, yes. I was hoping to experience the worldwide Wiccan Wanderers phenomenon um, for real. And I, probably I should have gone to Louisiana. And, and I, when I was planning the trip, I did consider going to Louisiana. And I definitely will one day because I want to go to the, the sort of the home of the Kuhigs. That sounds a bit creepy. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to turn up at their doorstep or anything. Just at the window going, want, hello? I, I, I Rob, want to go Rob, to, it's to, me. To, to Mrs. Um, bookshop, because you, you, you can go along to that, obviously, because it's a shop. Um, so, yeah, I will make a, a pilgrimage uh, to Louisiana one day, uh, and hopefully, wearing my Wicked Wanderer stuff, somebody will say, hey, you're, you're a wanderer, or up the wick, or something like that. Bob in America. He'll be back from a different part of America on uh, the, uh, at the same time next week on the Wicked Wanderer Show. Part two on the way here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll look back at manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, speaking in the high street of the Christmas lights switch on a little earlier on this evening. We'll hear from Matt Cecil as well, head of media at the club, on the uh, final match day programme, which will be available uh, at Saturday's Wonder of Wickham game at home to Bolton Wanderers. But first, uh, with uh, many thanks, as always, to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, we get to chat to uh, another former player this time. Uh, someone who was a left-back in the FA Trophy final, uh, Stuart Cash, who has just recently returned from Poland from seeing his son, who you might have heard of, uh, being on uh, international duty. But uh, as always with these kind of chats, it's great to start by uh, finding out uh, how Stuart became a Wickham Wanderers player. Oh, that's going back a long time now. I don't know how sure the memory bank is. But now, um, I was at Nottingham Forest back in 89, 19, 91 seasons. And... Um, we played in a friendly game. I think it, it was against Lincoln City. And Martin, obviously, Montonio was the manager of Wickham. Um, and I was playing the game. And so with, was um, 
one of my teammates and ex-Wickham player Keith Scott. And uh, that's the way me and Keith came to Wickham on loan at the same time. It must have felt like such a special time as well, because obviously Keith and, and yourself and uh, those players of that uh, of that time, it felt like a really special uh, time, obviously, as you say, with Martin being the manager as well, a really special time at the club. Yeah, very much so. We had a, we had a fantastic team spirit. We had a fantastic team. Um, I was only there for a, a short period of time, but I know they went on to do really good things the season after. I mean, I did come back at, um, not long after that, but I sort of had a bad knee injury then and I was sort of coming to the end of my football career. But uh, but no, there was um, a good set of lads, lads we all keep in contact with now. Um, we have get-togethers now every so often and um, charity football matches, so we still speak, but great set of lads and uh, they've become really good friends of mine. And you must look back on, on the trophy final, especially with such fondness and great memories of that occasion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, playing at the old Wembley, you know, in front of 40-plus thousand supporters. You know, obviously it was a great occasion and one we was, uh, one we was lucky enough to win and, uh, you know, win the FA Trophy and uh, it was a fantastic day out, I can assure you that. And are there any other sort of memories or occasions which really stand out during your time at the club? No, I mean, like I say, I was only there for a short period of time. I joined... I joined in the quarter-final stage, I think. Uh, it was against Altrincham away. No, sorry, North... Sorry, I'm wrong there. North East Victoria, we played in the quarter-finals. And we played Altrincham in the semi-finals, home and away. So that was, a you know, another good victory for us. But, we, you know, like I said, we had a fantastic team and uh, won what's gone on to achieve great things, obviously, individually and, and collectively. As you say, fantastic that you still get to speak, uh, keep in touch with, with players during your time there, and it must have been uh, something which you look back on a lot of fondness, as you say, comparatively short period of time, though. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. You know, I'd say that we all keep in contact. So, you know, Matt Crosley, Jason Cousins, Dave Carroll. Uh, Dave Carroll and Jason went on come, went on to uh, come and play on Simon, Simon Stapleton. They, they, played, they all played for me at, when I was assistant manager at, uh, at Aldershot. So, you know, we kept in contact and uh, they was obviously coming to their latter stages of their career and uh, they came and had a season or so with me at, uh, at Aldershot. I was going to say, how was that sort of transition for you? Because obviously after your time at the club, you continued playing, but then, then going into to management and being a number two as well. Yeah, it's something I always wanted to do. Um, and it, it was, a, a, you know, a, a coach's role, a player coach's role to start with, which is obviously the norm really. And, you know, you want to, carry on playing although I couldn't play full time because of my knee and then I went into coaching at Enfield and then obviously I was luckily enough to, to have eight fantastic years at Aldershot and then uh, five really great years at uh, AFC Wimbledon. That must be great as well just bringing on players and, and nurturing talent and obviously you know hoping to get the similar sort of success and for them as well. Yeah very much so it's, I think that's you know a coach and assistant manager or a manager it's to to help players along along their careers and make them better, uh, and it was an interesting time. One, I, I mean, if I have a lot of people ask me, would you go back into it? And I, my answer to that would be no, not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I obviously was I'm involved in football with my children now and golf with my daughter, so I haven't really got the time anymore. But the eight, I think I was in it 18 years, I think in total. Um, as, as you know, player coach and manager along the way, and assistant manager. 
and times I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. Is it really nice to sort of look back as well, especially on your having those two things as well, your time as a player and, and your time as, as coach as well? Yeah, very much so. I, you know, I would encourage any footballer to sort of do their badges and sort of look at, you know, there's, there's many players look at many different types of career outside, you know, outside football, but uh, I will, I'd, I'd always encourage them to go into the coaching management side. You know, it's really interesting and when I've been been lucky enough to have a few promotions in my career and uh, it's, it's really interesting and uh, one I really enjoyed. And you briefly mentioned your family there. You must be so proud of obviously what Matty's gone on to achieve but especially starting off at, at Wickham's Academy as well. Very much so, yeah. I mean, obviously, they've all gone on to Adams, um, the Icon Academy uh, football business. He works for himself. My daughter's over in America at the moment on a golf scholarship and Matthew's gone on and made a really good name for himself in, in football. Obviously, you know, Wickham's, that's where it all started. And he's made natural progression through Dagenham on loan and obviously at Forest, getting to their youth team, into their first team and then being transferred to Villa. So he's done really well and, um, you know, obviously he's in the early part of his career. And hopefully he can, he can sort of keep progressing and doing what he's been doing over the last few years. There must be something really nice about that family symmetry as well. You playing for Wickham and Forest, and, and the same for him as well. Yeah, very much so. It was. Uh, I mean, people ask me, did I get into Forest with my connections there? And it was. It couldn't have been farther from the truth. I mean, it, it, the way it happened, he was at uh, he was at the Fab Academy at Bisham when he left. Obviously, the Wickham thing folded, and then he uh, went to Fab, and they played Forest in the friendly, and he he did really well there, and they invited him for a week and. Uh, a week's trial, and they signed him after three days. So it was it was none of my doing. It was all off his own back, and uh, I unfortunately I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> it's such a fantastic story as well that he's got to play international football too. Yeah, yeah, he's. Um, it's all about progression. We we talk about stages and progression. Obviously, going back from from breaking into the first team at um, at Forest, and then the next stage was, you know playing on a regular basis. Then the next stage was playing the Premier League, which he's done. And after that was um, was trying to look at playing internationally. And, um, you know, he's got a bloodline of Polish with his to his mum's side. And they was very, very keen to exploit that. And um, we've just come back from Poland, actually, two days ago. And we had a great experience. They, they treat, treated us really well. And obviously he, was, um, he, he went on to to make two appearances for Poland so he really enjoyed it and uh, he wants to sort of break regularly into the first team and hopefully play in a few World Cups and Euro Championships if you can. It must have been such a proud moment for you as well just to actually be there to see him make his international debut. Oh very much so very much so I mean uh, he's always made the family feel really part of everything he does from his signings and the Polish FA invited us all over to uh to Poland for, for obviously his, his home debut. You know, we've been involved in everything with him and uh, we really enjoyed it and I know for, for a fact he was uh, at some stages in awe of it but he's, he's, he's really enjoyed it, yeah. He, he's got a job to do of trying to win football matches and integration with his teammates and getting to know uh, how the manager wants him to play, uh, the diet, the language. So there's lots of things go into it it's not just turning up for a game of football 
then obviously he's got to deal with the pressure of, of um, not only winning football, but dealing with, you know, the supporters and, they, you know, they, they all want a piece of him over there and he's, he's dealt with that really well. And, you know, he's come back and he's really enjoyed it. He was a bit, he was a bit tired on the plane on the way home. But now, obviously, he's got to go back to Villa and try and impress a new manager at Aston Villa. And that's, 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 he's, that's where his focus has turned to now. No, it's exciting times. And you mentioned, you know, Adam as well in football and your daughter as well. Must be a really busy time as, as, as parents, but also nice for you as well to have, to have sort of produced, if you like, more people in, in, in the world of sport and, and football. Yeah, I mean, obviously Adam was a keen footballer. He still is. He's, uh, he was unlucky with his... Uh, he's had two serious ACL injuries on the, on, in, in the same knee, so that's knocked him back two or three years, obviously, with... Um, operations and recovery so that's obviously going to limit him to what level he can play at he's he's just come back and playing a hazing yet in there uh, but he's got a really good business and uh, that's enabled him to concentrate on his um, football icon uh, academy he's got nearly a thousand well, he's actually got over a thousand children, boys and girls of different ages so he's gone into that industry an industry he really enjoys um, and he's built that up himself from scratch. So he's uh, he's growing that. And my daughter's just gone back to the state. She came over to Poland with us, and she's due back here in December. So he's uh, excelling at golf at the moment. No, it's fantastic. And I guess as a former player as well, you must really look out for for how Wickham are doing it, and must have had such a great sense of pride when they get promotion to the championship. And, and what Gareth's doing there now? Yeah, I do. That's that's a result I always look at. Obviously. Uh, there's people still at the club. I, I, I still, still there when I was there, and uh, it was a fantastic club, you know. And, and it's, I don't live too far from the area, so it's one I, uh, I want to look out for. And Gareth's done a fantastic job, um, get them into the championship, you know. Obviously last year, and and um, you know, or the year before, sorry. And he's, he's done, he's done really well on limited resources, and he, you know, he keeps, he keeps grinding out fantastic players and good teams and it just shows what a good job he's done and I'm sure other clubs have it as well but it seems really special the, the ex-players association and, and the fact there's you know so many of you from so many different sort of generations and, and can share share your memories yeah it's it, uh, I mean I haven't been back for a while now but I, I sh- you know I should be going back sort of more often because I'm only probably 10 miles from the area but uh, with obviously the kids growing up and sort of venturing into their own sports I, I haven't really had time to do it but it's one I'm going to do definitely this, this season obviously I go and watch Matthew every week home and away uh, but it's, it's definitely on my list to get over to Wickham and uh, see a couple of games this year Well it's been fantastic to speak to you thank you so much for your time It's a pleasure Great to speak to you, Stuart Cash, who of course played left-back uh, for Wickham uh, in the early 90s uh, and came on loan and was in the FA Trophy final. Great to hear about uh, former academy player Matthew Cash as well, who of course is at Villa now and has made his uh, international debut for Poland this week. Great to hear uh, news of uh, his dad going to see him. Uh, still to come on the Wickham Wanderer Show this week, we'll be speaking to Matt Cecil about the end of an era in terms of the match day programme. We'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth as well, who was in the town centre earlier on. Online, on Radio Player and on 106. 106- Point six FM. This is Wickham Sound. 
If you've got the Christmas light switch on in town, you'll have seen Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, being part of the proceedings to switch on the Christmas lights, but also performing a number of fantastic songs, uh, including The Wanderer. Uh, he also did some brilliant Christmas songs, including a fantastic version of Fairy Tale of New York, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and uh, Winter Wonderland, with some uh, amended lyrics to work with uh, the Wickham chant as well. Uh, we'll be hearing from the manager who spoke on Wickham Sound shortly after that performance in a few moments' time. But first, you might have heard that uh, the uh, match day programme is coming to an end as a, uh, a physical thing. Uh, Saturday's game against Bolton is the last time the uh, club uh, will be uh, bringing to an end the match day programme. And uh, we've been speaking to uh, head of media at the club, Matt Cecil, to find out what uh, must be uh, quite a sort of difficult decision in a way to uh, to get rid of the programme because um, it's a it's obviously a staple part of everyone's match day. Uh, but also, of course, with technology uh, taking over, uh, quite a positive thing as well, maybe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been a real kind of mixed feelings uh, around the place. I've kind of likened it to breaking up with a girlfriend. Really, it's um, you know the the, the program has been around for you know far longer than i've been around um and kind of toyed with, with what the right decision has been and, and you kind of want to make it work and you, uh we've tried a few different avenues and ultimately uh, i think it's a sign of the times that it it mostly comes down to the decline in sales over the last few years but particularly this season since the return of fans putting together a match day program takes up a lot of time takes up a lot of effort it costs the club money in terms of the production and we're just not seeing uh, enough of a return you know, from sales of programmes, uh, advertisers no longer really want the, the printed material in the programme because there are far more digital opportunities available to them which really reach more people and and give them greater visibility. So, you know, we've had to kind of really, you know, dig deep into our souls to, to determine what's the right thing for the club, for Wickham Wanderers, moving forward into a new era, into a new age and parting with the printed match day programme on a permanent basis. You know, we, we're still kind of keeping the option open for, for special editions from time to time. Uh, but we feel now is the right time. We've given it a try this season. We've not seen uh, anywhere near the level of sales that we would hope for. And uh, the, the printed match day programme goes into retirement. I never wanted to be the press officer that did that. I was a huge collector of programmes in my childhood. I'm sure there's still 20 years' worth in my dad's loft. It'll probably sit there collecting dust till kingdom come but um looked at a lot of options and, and decided that now's the time to call it a day for the program i was going to say that that sounds like all you know totally understandable reasons but i guess for, for many supporters it's, it's really part of the match day experience isn't it going to get a program and looking through it before kickoff and as you say keeping it for a very long time afterwards not looking at it for a very long period either but yeah i think that there are a lot of reasons that people buy a program um some are collectors and, and they buy it to keep it pristine to put it on the shelf to be part of the collection for some, it's entertainment for the kids. It gives them something to read if the game's not entertaining. Some people use it as an information resource because they're not online and they're not uh, receiving information digitally and therefore they like to pick up the programme to learn what's going on around the club. Uh, people use it to get signed by players. I'm sure some have been used as paper aeroplanes down the years. You know, lots of different reasons to buy a match day programme. And you're right, it's going to feel odd, I think, for people that are used to walking through the gates to buying a programme from Margaret and Jenny out at the hut sitting in the bar or in the stadium flicking through it to no longer have that is, is, is going to be strange for those people and, and I can quite rightly understand why some people are a little bit disturbed by the news but I think if you look around the stadium now far more people are have their head in their phones you know and, and accessing real-time up-to-date content via social media or through websites you know printed programs are uh, you know two or three days old by the time they arrive and and in this day and age, that's that's quite old, you know, because of the deadlines in terms of print and, and 
there's just not the level of interest and engagement in programmes that they used to be. Back in the day, you'd pick up a programme and discover the club had signed three players that week or changed the manager. or you know, that, That's where you'd learn a lot of your information because it wasn't available elsewhere. And I think that is the sign of the times that so many people are absorbing far more digital content than they ever have done. But now the need for, for printed materials isn't there so much. So, as I say, you know, we've done a lot of exploring of different options. Some clubs still produce you know, a digital program, really just a, you know, in printed format uh, in terms of the layout but delivered on a digital device. Uh, some have stopped altogether. Some are really kind of putting their social and digital uh, you know, website content to the fore. And you know, I think last season was a, a real learning curve for us that we anticipated that fans, even though they weren't at the ground, would still like to buy a program to have it as part of that collector's item and, and very few were doing that and that's why we called it a day at that point we brought one back to the Tottenham FA Cup game as a special edition which I think we were really proud of as a, as a piece of work we had a lot of contributions from lots of different people across the club made a real souvenir edition uh, one that I'm particularly proud of when I look back at my seven years as program editor I think that was one of the best we produced but this season for various reasons, we, we kind of shrunk the size of the program. We realised that people could access information elsewhere. We have state-of-the-art Wi-Fi in the stadium now. So actually, you know, to look up information, if you're interested in who the opposition number 27 is, you're far more likely to read more and learn more about him online just by scanning your phone quickly rather than going to the program for a short paragraph. And, and the kind of a lot of those considerations came into it when we decided to call it a day for the printed program. But, um, yeah, going back to your original point, it is... Uh, you know, going to be a, a disappointment for those that are collectors and, and that do buy one every game, but that number of people is diminishing, you know, almost by the week at the moment. It certainly makes sense, and as you say, a real sign of the times, but you must be so pleased and proud as well of, of what the club have put out in terms of programmes over the years and how it's evolved. Yeah, I was a huge lover of it back in the day, in the 90s. Fascinating columns, I remember Alan Parry and, and John Goldsworthy, the old club secretary, would always uh, right, really entertaining stuff, and, and as I say, it was, it was your one way of knowing what was going on around the club. And you know, I started here full time in 2014, and that summer we didn't have any program company even in the bag. We had no photography organisation, we had no kind of team around us. And what we've built up over the last seven years, you know, we're quite proud of. But particularly, our advancements have come digitally, and they're going to continue to do so in terms of the social media content, the website content. We're looking to branch out more and more and more into those kind of areas. And the programme, you know, there have been some really special editions that I'm proud of. Some programmes, when they're in the, the thick of a Christmas schedule or where you've got back-to-back -back home games on Saturday midweek, some programmes I know have kind of gone to print and they don't meet the quality standards that, that we would hope for. But, you know, overall, really pleased, really, you know, so grateful to all the contributors, all of whom have been volunteers. You know, we've not been outsourcing content uh, to paid writers. There's been a lot of Wickham fans who've given up time to put their content in the programme. Uh, to provide entertainment for other people. You know, we're proud that we've used it as a platform for young aspiring journalists to have their work printed, and, and I know a lot of people are very proud to see their work in the printed programme, and that will, you know, be uh, kept on shelves and, and put in portfolios for their future careers. But, uh, yeah, as, as we say, end of an era, but um, a sign of the times, and, and there are a lot of exciting things to come away from the programme. Um, I'm hopeful our fans will continue to engage with. I was going to say, I think you've already touched on it, but what's, what's the sort of future then to replace the programme? I think we're looking at a lot of ways that we can utilise kind of the, the toys, if you like, that we've been given here at the stadium now. Adams Park's undergone a huge digital transformation, the LED boards around the side of the pitch, the giant screen, the state-of-the-art Wi-Fi. There's a lot more to come with that where we want to engage better with the supporters, give them options, 
could play a bigger part in the match day through the use of, of the Wi-Fi and the smartphones that are available to them. And in return, we want to deliver really compelling content that, that they want to read, they want to be involved in. So, um, you know, there's quite a big strides coming on the digital front. I can't give too much away at the moment, but it'll come apparent quite soon that there are kind of big changes coming at Wickham Wanderers on that, on that level. Um, and there's going to be a, a gradual introduction of more and more ways that digital experience is going to play a part in a match day. We know we don't want to exclude anyone. We don't want anyone to turn up without, without a phone and think they're not part of the experience. You know, there will always be that physical element, that human element of match days that you can never replace, never substitute with technology. And, uh, you know, for people who like to have printed materials, there are, there are retail options as well, you know, autograph books or whatever it might be that, you know, is available for people who don't want to, to come and sit with their hands on the screen all, all day you know, and want to just enjoy a, a nice day out. Those experiences are there too. So um, it is changing times. You know, it's, it's evolved massively since I was coming as a kid in the 90s and we've had to adapt with the times. We're a little bit behind some clubs that, you know, went away with the programme a couple of years ago and went down digital routes. But I think there will be more clubs that follow and, and as I say, that's, that's the way that, that things have been heading. It's really interesting, isn't it, with the, the innovation and the developments. Um, for example, the, the Our House programme, you must be so pleased with that as well. That's, that's, that's a great thing for fans to watch, even you know, on their phones at the game, maybe. Yeah, you know, we, uh, our kind of goals are, are multiple. We want to make sure that the Wickham fans, you know, first and foremost, are kept informed, engaged and entertained with the football club and everything that we do. And, and that's kind of they're our main audience for, for the content that we provide. But we also want to provide content that catches the eye of those people that are maybe on the fence or maybe support a different club, a Premier League club, or that live locally but don't really come to games. You know, that, that's our outreach that, that we want to deliver. Now, we're not going to achieve that through a match day printed programme because you've got to come to the games, you know, to buy one. And, and that's where our numbers are really kind of stifled because we're not selling enough, to, you know, to those that are attending. We do know that we've got the capability to reach far more people through digital methods and a lot of those people will be ones that we can sway into coming to games and, and buying tickets and, and buying other things when they're here. So, you know, yeah, I'm very, very proud of where we've come really in the last four years, I'd say, really on the on the video output, the, the digital stuff that we do. Um, I've got a really talented team of people around me to help us achieve that. And, you know, the, the backing of, of the, the board and the manager who, you know, understand what we're trying to do, they, they fully back us. You know, the trust as well. We actually offered the trust the opportunity to take over the printed programme if it was something that they felt they could maintain and, and use as their fundraising uh, mechanism as well. But, um, you know, they were of the same opinion, really, that it was, it was going to be very hard to make it viable with the work and effort, the time that goes into it in, in order to return a profit. So, you know, all the arms of the club were working in tandem all towards the goal of making this club sustainable at the highest possible level. And in order to achieve that, there might be some unpopular decisions along the way. And discarding the, the printed programme may be one of those unpopular ones, but hopefully one that the fans will see does make sense. So it sounds like Saturday's programme could be quite a collector's item. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're a little bit on the fence about how many to order. You know, sentiment does come into it. And, and as I say, I've been like a bear with a sore head around the office just debating, you know, the, the right way to turn with this. So I'm sure there'll be a few people picking one up just to put on the shelf with the rest of them and knowing that, for now, that's the last one. But, you know, we've, we've already got half an eye on some special editions. You know, we have a, a certain player retiring at the end of the season who, uh, you know, is worthy of a good send-off. And maybe there'll be something in the offing for him. And, you know, future anniversaries and prestigious fixtures may well warrant getting back on the, t- on, the, uh, on the phone to the printers and saying, 
let's work together on another edition. So, you know, in terms of the regular match-by-match programmes, Saturday will be the last one, um, but I'm sure uh, it won't be the, the last programme in Wickham Wanderers history because, you know, we're always conscious of, of the potential that the programme can have and, uh, and what it means to people on those special occasions. Don't miss your opportunity to get your last match day programme from Adams Park on Saturday. Bolton Wanderers are the visitors. As you've been hearing, uh, despite what feels like quite a lengthy, poor run, uh, just lost back-to-back in the league, uh, two defeats and a draw previous to that, so we haven't won for a little while. But... Uh, still, fourth in League One, as uh, Gareth mentioned, just five points off the top of the table, which after 17 games with nine wins, uh, four draws and four defeats isn't too bad at all. Uh, goal difference, fairly decent, uh, around plus five. And as I say, 31 points at the moment, level on points with Rotherham. Uh, Bolton are the visitors uh, who are uh, in, in less less good form, uh, to be honest, uh, They've only won six games uh, all season. Uh, they've had a run of defeats. They won their last game, uh, but in the league, but uh, uh, not doing so well. They're just below Portsmouth, actually, and, and Ipswich, a cluster of teams who uh, we come and face. Uh, upcoming opposition, of course, include Sheffield Wednesday and the uh, tabletop was Plymouth as well. It's uh, quite a busy uh, November uh, for Gareth Ainsworth's side. We've had these uh, these cup games as well in the EFL Trophy and the FA Cup, of course, the, the replay as well. But uh, next Tuesday, a uh, trip to Plymouth, quite a long way for a Tuesday uh, and then on the Saturday the 27th Sheffield Wednesday uh, away as well so back to back away games uh, then we're into December uh, with a visit of Burton Albion oh no not them again uh, also <laughs> another uh, home game uh, against AFC Wimbledon a uh, trip to Bolton uh, in prospect before Christmas as well Boxing Day of course at home to Cambridge away to Ipswich as well Oh no, uh, that's uh, also just a couple of days later. And then we begin 2022 with a trip to Charlton and then home games against Sunderland and Oxford. So uh, quite a lot of uh, games coming up in the, uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, maintain our good position in the top echelons of the table. Uh, you might have heard, as mentioned a little earlier on, uh, Gareth Ainsworth was in the town centre performing on stage uh, some uh, honorary duties to switch on the Christmas lights, also performing some Christmas songs as well, including the Pogues Fairy Tale of New York and uh, Winter Wonderland, uh, slightly amended lyrics to include uh, the Wickham chant as well, and uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Afterwards, he spoke to Luke. Hello everyone, I'm Wickham San. I know uh, they do great things for us and great supporters of us, but yeah, it was a brilliant night and... Uh, the crowd was amazing. This, the the town is really... It's, it's great, isn't oh, it? It's really I, I didn't good. even know this happened, and this has really come to life tonight. So, uh, fantastic work by the council, some great charities, and fantastic people of Wickham. I've had um, a few text messages from people uh, saying that they, from Wickham Sound presenters, saying that they would rather play your version of Fairy Tale of New York uh, than the Pogues, because we were just blown away by how good it was. Oh. So, th- that's going to be played Thank quite a lot on Wickham Sound. <laughs> Thank you very much, but uh, I think Shane McGee does a, a much better <laughs> job than me but it was nice to be uh, you know nice to be entertaining these great people tonight we always say how much Wickham does for the community and you know since you've been at the club before you were a manager when you were a player you've done so much for the club it must be great to just be giving back to the club as well uh, back to the town sorry back to the community yeah, yeah. honestly it's uh it's, it's, it is a town that really took me on and took me to their hearts when I first came here and uh, I'm not going to lie I've had chances to move on but I love this place and I love this football club I mean you've got a bus yeah. so. <laughs> and, and um, I want to get this team back to the championship and, and have something really proud for the Wickham people and uh, 
they're fantastic. They come down, they get behind us, and hopefully we can uh, we can get back to those dizzy heights again next year. I mean, you must be proud, play, so proud of how the season's going so far. Fourth in the league, uh, Bolton on Saturday, another wonder of Wickham game. Uh, you know, you must be looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, we've had a little little blip in uh, in a couple of the cups. Uh, and we got beat off Ipswich and Portsmouth in the league, but they're two teams that historically would beat this club. Uh, and we were, we were close, and we should have beat Portsmouth. You know, we were twenty-one shots. Yeah, wasn't it? we were yeah. the better team yeah. by a mile. You know, but um, we'll get back to winning ways on Saturday, hopefully Bolton, and uh, we got some bigger away trips. But all I can say is that as many of these people who came down here tonight, if they can come down and support your your football team as well, we'd love to have you there. And uh, and, and me as, uh, as the manager, I, I love all the Wickham people. They really get behind us and they make a big difference. What's Christmas like for you? Because obviously game on Boxing Day. Do you sort of delay Christmas for a couple of days or do you uh, try and have it on Christmas Day? Yeah, well, for 32 years I've never <laughs> had a Christmas off yet. So uh, I'm still waiting for that one. Um, but that means I'm, uh, I'm not manager of Wickham if that happens. So keep it going. Keep these Christmases coming. But it is a busy time. We have a game Boxing Day and then three days later and then three days later. And... Um, so it's going to stretch the squad it's going to be a test for us but I've got the best squad I've had ever at Wickham Wanderers and uh, I firmly believe that whatever players are rotate now we, we're going to be strong and hoping to uh, prove that over Wickham <laughs> over Christmas <laughs> come on Wickham uh, it's great talking to you Gareth thank you very much and what well, we have one, one request after your performance tonight is can we have a Christmas album next year <laughs> that would be great I know you've got a charity single me, coming me out and as well. Michael Bublé yeah, yeah. But, no, I'm uh, <laughs> Um, I'll stick to the football, believe me. Thanks a lot. But you have got a Christmas a charity song coming out soon. We got as well. a charity. Uh, we got a charity single out at the moment. Um, it's called "Skin Love Don't Hate," uh, and you can get that on Spotify. Um, and it's a fantastic message um, about you know integrating everyone in society, and it is superb. And uh, I did it with Petr Cech and uh, and Will's and the Willing. Uh, so that's out now, and hopefully we'll get an album out next year um, with Cherry Red Records, who've been great for me and. Yeah, things are looking good on that front. If we can get promotion as well, it'd be a hell of a year. Great to hear from the manager, Gareth Ainsworth, speaking in the town centre a little earlier on as he was performing his duties, uh, performing on stage as well. It must have been great to, uh, to be back playing in front of uh, people again. Some uh, fantastic versions of songs. If you did miss it uh, a little earlier on, it'd uh, be available on the Listen Again feature on the Wickham Sound website. Don't forget the podcast version of our show as well. Uh, you can pick that up uh, from tomorrow, wherever you get your podcasts from. It's also on YouTube, apparently people... People listen on YouTube uh, and also on the Wickham Sound Radio Player page as well. Uh, we're back at the usual time of seven o'clock next week. Uh, we'll, we'll be uh, looking ahead to, uh, as I say, what's uh, going to be uh, a pretty busy time for Wickham. We'll be reflecting as well on uh, games against uh, Plymouth. Uh, which is on uh, Tuesday night, as mentioned, and looking back at Saturday's game against Bolton Wanderers, who are the visitors at Adams Park. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be chatting to Bob as well, of course, who will be joining us from America uh, this evening. He was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Next week he'll be chatting chatting to us from New York, uh, but keeping a close eye on uh, all things Wickham as well. We'll be joined by another uh, ex-player and bringing you uh, more interviews and uh, words from manager Gareth Ainsworth as well. Have a top week. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, and uh, up the week.